history where two best friends who are not equipped to tell you about history do it anyway, even though nobody told us we could. We do what we want. That's right. I am joined by my wonderful best friend, Morgan. Oh, thanks, best friend. Hi. (laughs) Hi. How are you? I'm good. Uh... I'm jazzed. I'm ready to go. And I feel like we should tell our listeners the super cool thing that we did last week. We guessed it on another podcast. Ah! Oh, so awesome. So the very lovely guys at the History Things podcast reached out to us and were like, hey, we would love to do a collab with y'all. And we're like, what? I think I died on the spot for a brief moment. I screamed. I literally screamed in my own house. <laughs> so they're wondering. Like, are you punking us? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Is this a joke? Are you spamming us right now? Yeah. But no, they, they asked us to be on and we recorded. Now they do record way ahead in advance. So this is going to be scheduled to come out in August. August sometime so we closer to time we we will remind you yes but we couldn't hold it in anymore we couldn't and they were so lovely they're such nice guys definitely check out their podcast it's like they bring in like actual experts uh one of them is an expert like he's a legit historian who's written books like they're way more equipped and here we are So we're honored that y'all brought two very ill-equipped women onto your podcast. We loved it. We love y'all. Thank you, Pat and Matt. Yes. And And you guys, please go check them out because they're awesome. I love listening to them. I do too. They're wonderful. So um, have anything fun happen this week? Not yet, but um, Kyle is taking me on a surprise birthday trip. It's this weekend. I still don't know what we're doing. He told me about it, oh gosh, like in January. Yeah. When we're recording, it's the day before Valentine's Day. So this is way back in the past. But uh, as of this time, I don't know where we're going. He's taking care of everything. He already has like Jack's care arranged. Like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to pack. All I I know is that we're not flying there. And it's less than six hour. It's a less than six hour drive. Those are the only two questions I've asked. We're in Tennessee. (laughs) Six hours could be anywhere. I know. Dang. Also, the only thing he told me is that I need to bring a bathing suit. So I was like, okay, well, we're not going to a beach. And it's February. So (laughs) So it's somewhere with an indoor pool, hopefully. Ice ice swimming, I guess. Cold water swimming. Which honestly, like he I wouldn't put it past him to do. When it was like seven inches of snow, he kept telling me he was like, I'm gonna go uh do a cold water bath in the creek and I was like, No, you will die. Uh you can just take a cold shower. <laughs> which he does every morning. He, like, ices himself out every morning. Uh, I know it's got so many good health benefits, but I can't imagine a a, a less enjoyable way to start my morning. I can't. The moment I'm cold, I'm angry. So Mm -hmm. I don't need to wake up like that. No. I don't. Nothing really sounds worse than to take an ice cold shower either 
first thing in the morning or at night, which is when I usually take my shower. So when I take a bath at night, Nick complains because I steam up the entire bathroom. And when I come out, my skin is red. The water is so hot. It's like I'm (laughs) boiling myself. It's wonderful. Yeah, that's how it should be. That's how it should be. I shouldn't be able to breathe in that bathtub. (laughs) (laughs) It's a sauna. (laughs) It's a sauna, Nick. Nick's come in there before and he's like, are you okay? I'm like reading my Kindle that's hooked up on my Kindle holder so I don't have to actually hold it. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting in the dark with one candle lit by myself reading fantasy romance novels just i love that for you i'm about to get a remote i don't want to touch it at all (laughs) so you can have like your arms completely submerged in the hot water yeah hit it with my elbow (laughs) it just needs to auto scroll for you that way you don't have to touch anything that's right (laughs) just beam it directly into your eyeballs can I get some of those, like, VR headset glasses thingies? Yeah. You know what? At this point, you might as well just watch a movie. <laughs> How can I hook up a TV in the bathroom? There's enough room. I could do it. My parents have done it. Like, my mom has a TV and has had a TV in her bathroom where she watches, like, Love Boat while she gets ready in the mornings. Genius. I love it. <laughs> I love it so much. I love your mom so much. <laughs> Anyway, anyway, uh, um, we should, should yeah, get started, huh? Get to this. So let's do it. Let's do it. I'm also very snotty, so sorry if I sound like sorry. that. Sorry, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> it's September second, seventeen fifty-two, in Britain. A husband and wife are at their farm talking about their plans for the following day over a cup of tea and a good book. Thomas, love, what did you say we have to do tomorrow? Well, Mary, tomorrow's the 14th, so we need to head to town for the market. It's only the 2nd. Yes, dear. And tomorrow will be the 14th? Of course. Have you gone mad? Did the horse kick you in the head? Did you mix beer in your tea instead of water again? Lord woman, no! Don't you remember the preacher saying that we're switching to the Gregorian calendar and that we're skipping the 3rd through the 13th to get in sync? I remember nothing about this. (sighs) Probably because you were too busy being the town gossip to pay attention in church. What was that? Nothing, dear. You're wonderful in every way. That's what I thought. So why did Britain change to the Gregorian calendar, along with almost everyone else in the world? And what does that have to do with leap years? So, Morgan, (laughs) do you know what we're talking about today? I assume switching to the Gregorian calendar... Uh, kind of. I I had a really hard time writing a skit for this. Be- we're going to talk about leap years today. And oh, why? Okay. Because this episode is coming out on leap day this year. Wow. Look yeah. at you. Look at Planning me. ahead. So <laughs> I, I know I was like, well, I can't not say anything about it. 
Yeah. So, and, and I've always wondered, like, why, how it came about, and I couldn't think of a skit. Like, how do I just say, oh, we're going to add a day to the calendar now. So, I did pick an actual event that happened, you know, in this time, and it is mm-hmm. relevant. You'll see later. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> I do have to say... uh and I get this almost every time I tell someone when my birthday is. So my birthday is February 27th. Mm-hmm. And every time I say that, people are like, wow, you're almost born on a leap day. And I was like, yeah, but I was born in 1993, <laughs> which is not a leap year. <laughs> not quite. So I was like, I didn't really have a, a risk of that unless I was born, what, I think it was like 1992 was a leap year, maybe. Um, It's every year divisible every... by four. Because 2000 was a leap year. Yeah. So that would be like 1996. 1992 was a leap year. So it's a year too late. Yeah. I just did all that math in my head. I'm very proud of myself. (laughs) Let's all give a round of applause to Morgan for all that math. Thank you. Yeah. Look at you. So what is a leap year exactly? It is a year comprised of 366 days instead of the typical 365. This happens every four years in the Gregorian calendar which is used by the majority of the world. And it is every year that is divisible by four, like I said, 2020, 2024, 2028, you know, etc. goes on. Except for years such as 1900, the end with two zeros, it doesn't count. It's not one. Don't ask me why. I don't know. A lot of math, apparently. So, <laughs> the term leap comes from the days of the year from March on that leap forward an extra day. I know we've all experienced that if you are in a country that has the Gregorian calendar. So, there are other calendars, including the Hebrew calendar, Islamic calendar, Chinese, and Ethiopian calendar that also have their own versions of leap years, but they're not the same. Um, So they're not all on four years. Some occur different numbers. It varies. Mm -hmm. And some calendars have multiple leap days or even shortened leap months. So sometimes they leap forward, sometimes they leap back. And... Yeet or yoink. Yeah. (laughs) What do we do when when the time changes spring forward or fall back? Yeah. Yeah. Which is stupid. I hate it. (laughs) so the gregorian calendar also has a handful of leap seconds apparently um which have been sporadically added to certain years most recently it's been they've been added in 2012 2015 and 2016 so i don't think there's really a rhyme or reason but I don't know. Apparently, the International Bureau of Weights and Measures, the IBWM, is the organization responsible for global timekeeping. Not once in my life have I ever thought of an organization being responsible for keeping time. That has never crossed my mind. <laughs> I, so, I guess I've just never thought about it, but yeah. I know there is like like a an international standard time. Yeah. And I've heard about the leap seconds and like how sometimes seconds have to be added on because 
like with the rotation and the orbit of the earth yeah the earth wobbles a lot and yeah. it, while it stays on generally one track like things like earthquakes can knock the earth out of sync and yeah just you know so i guess they have to account for like all the different changes going on with our there's an entire planet. bureau of people that just the international bureau of what management and uh international bureau of weights and measures they sound like super i don't sciencey i'm imagining remember like in i don't know the early to mid 1900s when accountants had those like green lamps and the visors and they're like ticking away that's what i'm imagining (laughs) I'm imagining like like something like Marvel Comics style, like the spaceship in the middle of the ocean where it's a bunch of scientists in lab coats and you have to have top <laughs> secret clearance. So like, no one can enter. Only people who are measured correctly can enter the International Bureau of Measures and Weights. I don't know. <laughs> How? Like, I just, I just imagine like everything is like completely precise. Yeah. And they're like, how do you, how do you know? And we're like, we look at the stars. <laughs> Every day you have to get your hair trimmed like an exact centimeter (laughs) to keep the same weight. If you, after Thanksgiving, they go through like a, like a rotation in staff because they, they weigh too much now. Yeah. (laughs) They've measured too. (laughs) Stretchy pants are the devil to these people. Too many measurements. No high heels. (laughs) Flats only. Everyone, everyone is five, five. Just, mm-hmm. yes. Five, five, 120 pounds. No more, no less. I could never. I don't know what that would be in meters or kilograms. I'm pretty whatever. sure my left thigh is 120 pounds, it feels like. <laughs> <laughs> could never. <laughs> okay. So, now that we know what a leap year is, why, why do we have them? What? How did this happen? So, leap year. Well, we're. I was, <laughs> were you rewinding it back with your hands? Yes. <laughs> but we weren't there yet. <laughs> she just did like this giant hand movement of like waving her arms behind her head like she was rewinding time. Yeah. <laughs> But I wasn't at the rewinding time part yet. So I've, <laughs> I got, I prematurely got into the time machine. Um, okay. So leap years exist because in a single year in the Gregorian calendar is slightly shorter than a solar or tropical year. So a solar year is, you know, give or take those seconds, 365.24 days long. Or specifically, 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 56 seconds. And if we don't account for the extra 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 56 seconds, we would be off by, you know, our time wouldn't match the solar year. So over time, this would shift the seasons and we'd end up with like July heat in December mm-hmm. 
in East Tennessee. It wouldn't be good. And that would happen in only about 700 years, which relative to time is not that... It's not that much. It's not that much. The solar system is not, you know, perfect. And we gain around 44 extra minutes every four years or for one or a day every 129 years. So to solve this problem, we skip the leap years every centenary year, except for those divisible by 400. So since we gain, I know this is so confusing to like explain, we gain 44 extra minutes every four years. So every hundred years, except those divisible by 400. So in 1600 and in 2000, we did have leap years. We skip the leap year. So in 1500, we skipped a leap year. In 1400, we skipped a leap year. Okay. But in 1600, we kept it. Okay. Again, math. So much math. And we're done with math. <laughs> so, okay. okay. So now it's time to get into the time machine. So let's go back to 45 CE. No, 45 BCE. Sorry. Oh. 45 okay. BCE. Julius Caesar is in power. And he instituted the Julian calendar, which was made up of the same 365 days separated into 12 months that we have now. Um, with the exception of July and August being named Quintilis and Sextilis, respectively. And the Julian calendar had leap years every four years without exception. And this synced up to Earth's seasons thanks to the, quote, final year of confusion, which happened in 46 BCE, which included a year that had 15 months in it. It was 445 days long. I can imagine how that's a year of confusion. Yes, but it's the final year of confusion. And they called it the final year of confusion because they had been using the Roman calendar before that. And the Roman calendar was wonky as fuck. Okay. (laughs) It... It, it just, it was based on the moon instead of the sun, which in theory should be fine because you can yeah. track the phases there's, of the moon. Their cycles are consistent. Yeah. Their cycles, they are consistent. Except how it worked is, is like they would take the new moon to the full moon and then back again. Okay. But the problem was, is that the priests in Rome were responsible with keeping up with this calendar and... They had to do, like, their priest things and also juggle all the other shifting calendar things. And they also kind of changed it whenever they felt like it to observe, like, religious holidays on things and this and that and... 
So in theory, they could just tack additional days into February every year to make the calendar dates like work. But the priests then had to pay more attention and make it a priority, which they weren't doing. And Caesar's rise to power was very turbulent and problematic. And the calendar just kind of slipped their minds because they were not worried about the calendar. They were worried about political shit. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden festivals weren't falling at the proper festival time. Like it wasn't Uh working. (laughs) So, so yeah, calendars just weren't a fixed thing back then. And apparently from what this source said, an ancient calendar was more like a schedule subject to change and revision. Which is not a good way to, like, try to keep a country on the same time. So they switched to the Julian calendar. And to get in sync with the the solar year, they had to, like, have one long-ass year to get right. And then after that, they thought it was working perfectly. And for centuries, it was. It was working great. But then the astronomers noticed that the seasons were starting around 10 days earlier than expected. And important holidays were no longer lining up with the equinoxes, which they should have been. Right. So to remedy this, Pope Gregory VIII introduced the Gregorian calendar in 1582. So the Julian calendar ran from 45 BCE to 1582. It's a pretty long run. That's a long time. That's a long time. So, for centuries, the Gregorian calendar was only used by Catholic countries, such as Italy and Spain, and it was eventually adopted by Protestant countries because why not? And this is like Great Britain and this at the time, other places like that at the time. And because of the discrepancy between the calendars, um, countries that switched later on ended up having to skip days to sync up with the rest of the world. And this is where we see our skit today Britain actually had to skip the 3rd through the 13th of September to get on sync with the rest of the world. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. It does. It does now that you say it out loud, but you're like, what? How are you skipping? How are you skipping (laughs) 10 days? Time doesn't... Time's a circle. Flat circle. Time's an illusion. Yeah. Honestly, that's what I've learned from COVID is that... (laughs) doesn't exist so also just getting older like i'm definitely one of those people it's like the 90s were 10 years ago <laughs> even though i'm do 30. you <laughs> do you ever feel like um that you don't feel your age oh yeah like I'm in like, my who, in my brain i'm 23 i don't even have an age like in my mind i just kind of exist yeah but i'm also like who allowed me to like graduate high school and drive a car and make adult responsibilities. Yeah. I feel that every day at work 
and I'm around other adults and I'm like, this is just me. No. Listen, I went to mom's work the other day and I'm totally taking this as a compliment. My mom got a new job. So I, I got my hair cut there like down the road. So I was like, I'll pop in and say hi. She works in assisted living. She's the director there now. So like I walked in and she's giving me a tour and introducing me to staff and residents and stuff. And they kept asking how old I was. Like they, like four or five people asked how old I was and they were genuinely shocked when I said 30. And I don't know, maybe I, I guess I look young for my age, but like one woman asked where I went to school at. And I was like, I'm, I'm married with kids, ma'am. I, I <laughs> but I'm going to take this in stride because yeah. I guess I don't look 30. I get that too. Uh, a lot of people think I'm a lot younger than I am as well. Uh, yeah. For a while. Like, I, it was funny. I was like 27 when I was waiting table still. And I was still working with a bunch of like 20, 21 year olds, teenagers. Yeah. And they're like, one of them just came up to me one day and was like, Morgan, how old are you? And I was like, I'm. I think it was 26 or 27. They're like, no. No. <laughs> I was like, yes. And they're like, are you serious? It's like, yeah. Yeah. I've had to show my license to... before. Like, here's my birthday. Yeah. A few years ago, I got that. Thankfully, I was with my mom. But, like, I also looked so different from my license photo because I, yeah. like, lost a lot of weight. I dyed my hair blonde. I wasn't wearing glasses or I was wearing glasses or something. And the lady was like, this isn't you. And I was like, I promise it is. I just look really different. I know. In my in one of my pictures, no, on my license, um, I was hold. I took this picture so long ago that I was holding my son, who was like eight months old at the time. I was holding him below the camera. So I have like a double chin because I'm like holding my <laughs> holding son. an eight month old. Yeah, a hefty eight month old yeah. below the camera. And I didn't have my bangs then. So I look like a completely different person on my license. It's awesome. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> so uh, I feel like this is probably going to be a shorter episode today, but that's okay. That's fine. That's fine. We need uh, a little bit of a break after the hard-hitting one last week. So Yes. Yes. I thought, because I can't talk for an entire episode about just leap days, what, <laughs> ma- what big historical events have happened on leap days? Because the chances of them happening are, are so rare. Very slim, because it's the rarest day of the year. So we're starting off with... A bang. In 1504, Christopher Columbus, Christopher Christopher Columbus, I cannot talk, (laughs) tricked some native people. Boo. Boo. I know. Another reason to hate this guy. But, so, on his fourth and final voyage to North America in 1502, he, he started off with four ships. He lost two of them to the sea, and the other two were infested with shipworms and were barely seaworthy. Which, ship, oh shipworms are not actually worms, turns out. They're more of like a crustacean that mm. eats at the, like kind of like a barnacle type of thing. Oh, okay. I don't know why they call them <laughs> shipworms. But, so they were forced to land 
on the northern coast of Jamaica, where they stayed for quite a while. And him and his crew traded with the native Jamaicans there until eventually the Jamaicans kind of got tired of what he had. Also, half his crew mutinied and would frequently cheat and rob the natives. So that's rude. So the natives were like, disrespectfully fuck off. You know, we're not going to do business with you no more. We've been nice, but you haven't. So he had with him some astronomical tables and an almanac by a German astronomer um, that predicted the total like lunar eclipses. And there was to be one on February 29th of 1504. And it gave an estimated time and duration. So his plan was to tell the chiefs that God's mad at them and that God told him that he, that he was going to turn the moon red inflamed with wrath is what he said. He was going to basically turn the moon red or the, yeah, the moon red. And if they didn't continue to trade with them. So that's what he did. He brought the chiefs in, told them the whole spiel, lied his ass off and then the chiefs are like haha very funny mm-hmm. k-bye but then later that night the moon turned red because of the lunar eclipse and the chiefs came back and they said i i'm sorry can you please tell god that like we're cool we'll we'll keep trading with you if you please just like appease him so he He went into the cabin of this boat and just chilled there for 48 minutes because that's how, like, he knew how long it was going to last. So he came out right before it was going to stop and then said, I spoke with God. He said that, like, we're cool if you keep trading with us. And so they did. That is so shitty. I hate that. (laughs) I know. I mean, if you just, I don't know. Maybe not been a shitty guy to them. They would continue to trade. Maybe if you say. Maybe if you say. Hey. I know we're kind of just like stranded here. I'll work. For some food. I'll do. I'll help you out a little bit. But no. Let's lie. (sighs) Hate it. That. You're going to hate the next one too. Oh no. (laughs) I'm sorry. So. In 1692. The first warrants were issued for the arrests of three women in the Salem witch trials. No! Yep. Sarah Good, Sarah Osborne, and Tituba were accused of witchcraft after three girls in their town fell ill and were tormented by spirits. (sighs) Y'all, if you don't know, they lied. They just straight up lied and then it caused mass hysteria i think there was like 20 people that were hanged and one man that was crushed to death something like that yeah yeah it was either 19 hanged or 19 put to get put to death total 
Yeah, one of those. One of those. Um, Good was, Sarah Good was hanged for refusing to confess on July 19th. And she had been a beggar in town and was looked down on society. Osborne actually died in prison on May the 10th. And she had been involved in a dispute with her children over their dead father's estate and was reviled for an affair with an indentured servant. So, and then Tituba was a slave. So these are three women that society looked down on and then they got blamed. And there weren't... For nothing. For nothing. And their warrant was served on a leap day. Yeah. Hate that. Hate it. Yeah. In 1904, President Theodore Roosevelt named a commission to oversee the construction of a canal through the Isthmus of Panama. Mm -hmm. So I feel like we all know where this is going. So this canal was built to make the trade route from the Pacific to Atlantic and Bath. Wow. From the Pacific and Atlantic and vice versa faster by cutting out, um, having to go all the way around South South America. America. Yes. And the, I didn't know this, but the French had actually tried and it was the same builders who built the Suez Canal. They had actually tried to build a canal there as well, but thanks to malaria and yellow fever, they went bankrupt and like 20,000 people died. Oh, shit. Yeah. And that was in 1880. And in 1901, the Hay Pontefonte Treaty um, licensed the United States to build and manage its own canal. And Honestly, this sounds like it could be an entire episode, so I don't want to go into too much detail, but I feel like a lot of people already know kind of the, the ins and outs of the Panama Canal because it's such a staple, honestly, and it's a big story and malaria and yellow fever are still a big player and it, it, it was, it was a mess. I'm sure it helped commerce, but it was a mess. Yeah, definitely deserves its own episode for sure. Absolutely. And um, so the canal was finished in 1914. And you know how they all go together? Right in the middle of freaking World War One. <laughs> Great. Love that for the world. Yeah. You know. Woo. Woo. <laughs> this one's, uh, this one's kind of funny. So in 1908, a Dutch scientist, Hike Kimmerlin... Kimmerling owns, announced, he discovered solid helium. But oh, he, wow. Okay. But, it, but he didn't. Okay, I was like, I don't know how he would in 1908. <laughs> he, he, I don't think solid helium exists. Honestly. I think it, the only place it would exist is like space. Yeah, probably. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. He said, he announced he had discovered solid helium, but he was, again, slightly mistaken. He had been experimenting with temperature and tried to condense the gas in glass tubes. And during this process, the helium 
appeared to solidify. And weeks later, it was realized that the phenomenon was caused only because of the presence of hydrogen in the tubes. So I guess the hydrogen solidified or I I don't do science. So the presence <laughs> of hydrogen messed it up for him. <laughs> Just like I don't do science. I don't. <laughs> listen. Listen, Nick and I and the kids were watching a like it's a very kid forward science show very cute very goofy but like in a still very educational way and this guy is explaining hydraulics tell I bet me, your son was all over that <laughs> tell me why i am a 30 year old woman and my son and i are sitting on the couch learning the same shit i had no idea how hydraulics worked <laughs> I was like, and I looked at my husband, I said, that's how it works. And he's like, you didn't know. Like, nah. <laughs> nope. I didn't know neon signs had a little gas in it. I didn't know. That's why they're called neon. They have neon in them. Didn't even associate that with that. I just. <laughs> I think neon's a gas. Is neon a gas? I feel like it's a gas. I feel like it's now a gas. Now I have to check. Now I'm like, am I an idiot? I don't know. No, I. it probably is. I'm looking it up really quick. Is neon. Beyond yeah. Neon. Neon. Any chemical element. A noble gas. Listen. Yes, it is. Listen. Okay. You know how, like, I took the ACT twice? And, and I don't care if the world knows this. I made a 19 twice. Do you want to know why? Science brought me down every single time. I did excellent on the other ones. And then it was yeah. science. I math don't... brought me down a lot. I'm good at math. I'm good at English. I, I, you, you put the periodic table of elements in front of me. And I think I will go, I don't know, into a panic. I cannot. I cannot. I'm just, I want to be like, I want to have the mind. The world is magic. That's just, that's, that's the it. only explanation I need. <laughs> I don't know how it works. I don't even know how computers work. I just know to hit the button and it does the thing. It does the thing. Yeah. It does the thing. <laughs> okay. We have to move on. So okay. <laughs> 1920, um, this one's just a fun little tidbit. The newly created democracy of Czechoslovakia, which had been a part of the Austro-Hungarian Empire before World War I, adopted a constitution for the first time. Oh, okay. Yeah. And in 1936, the Soviet government renamed the first Leningrad Medical Institute the Pavlov Institute only two days after Ivan Pavlov's death. And he's the guy that did um, if it's the correct Pavlov, it's the guy who did the conditioning experiments with the dogs. That's the one. Okay. Yes. yes. Um, and he, in 1904, he had received a Nobel Prize in physiology and medicine. 
for his okay. research on digestion. So, really important guy. Uh, the more I look into the experiments on the dogs, I just get kind of sad for the dogs. Yeah. And if I'm remembering this correctly from my psychology classes, like Pavlov, his goal was not to change behavior. Like, like you said, he was a digestion researcher and like physiologist. Mm -hmm. So he was looking at the like production of saliva and presented food. Yeah. And then that kind of switched to like, okay, how can we get this triggered without the presence of food? And so he started associating the presence of food with a bell and he conditioned the dogs to salivate when they heard a bell because they had been conditioned to associate the sound of a bell with food. Oh. So, but that is really one of the foundations of behavior modification in psychology. So we so. accidentally, like, created broke a study open of psychology. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was not his his like purpose for that experiment. Yeah. He wasn't like I'm a psychologist and I'm gonna test behavior. It was like kind of on accident. Some of so. the most interesting things have been found out on accident. I think mm -hmm. it's really interesting. So, in 1936, President, President Franklin Roosevelt signed the Second Neutrality Act to keep America from getting involved in overseas conflict. And this forbid the sale of raw materials and making of loans and the making of loans to warring nations. Mm. Okay. So, basically, we won't meddle and we're not going to provide goods to one side or the other. Correct. But don't we do that? Or am I crazy? Uh maybe we do more so now, but yeah. I don't I don't know if we have an cuz I think like when we entered the war effort, we were no longer neutral. Uh True. like when we entered World War 2, <clears throat> that kind of yeah. negated all Right, right. The I mean, if we're neutrality. In it, yeah. So I don't, I honestly don't know if there's like any new acts of neutrality. If there are, they're not followed very well. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. So in 1940, actress Hattie McDaniel became the first African American to win an Academy Award. Oh, good for her. And she won... Best Supporting Actress for her role as Mammy in Gone with the Wind. And she had been in several other movies before that. And she also became the first African American to attend the Academy Awards as a guest and not a servant. Aww. I know! And Look at her with her, her Oscar. I know! Look at her! I forgot that I had pictures. I'm glad you were looking at those. So, she was known, also known to let black actors and actresses stay in her house when they couldn't find a place to stay. Aww. She just seemed so sweet, and I want to hug her. But, unfortunately, she was attacked by the 
um, NAACP during her career for appearing in negative stereotyped, you know, serving roles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Hattie strongly and, and I'm quoting this from the, from the site because it was beautifully written. Hattie strongly and proudly stated that she did the best she could. She went on to state that she worked not only for herself, but thought she was working for future generations of African Americans as well. And she always hoped people would come around and understand what she had to go through in Hollywood and was extremely hurt at the way she had been, was being treated by the NAACP. I totally understand that position. Cause I mean, looking at her, like she is a heavier set black woman mm-hmm. and in this era of Hollywood, I can't, I'm sure she was typecast and was yeah. really only allowed to fit certain roles because just even just the culture of Hollywood at the time and just the U.S. in general at the time, like we talked about it in Wilma Rudolph a little bit, like there was a very specific beauty standard that you had to adhere to if you're going to be in the public eye. Yep. Yep. And so. she was a woman, mm-hmm. heavier set woman, and she was black. So I can only imagine that all the doors that got closed in her face. I'm sure. And it breaks my heart. Yeah. It makes me want to go watch Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I've, only, I've never seen it. I've only seen the first half because way back in the dinosaur ages when you got Netflix mailed to you, uh, um, yeah. Corey and I got net, uh, Gone with the Wind and it was so long that it was on two DVDs mm-hmm. and the second DVD was scratched all the hell so we couldn't watch the second half oh, of the movie. Oh, man. I know. We got to the... The part where she's like, I don't know nothing about birth and no babies. <laughs> and then <laughs> that was about it. So in 1944, this one was very interesting. The future Pope John Paul II was nearly killed on a leap day. Oh, wow. In his 20s. It was not while he was Pope. Okay. But in his 20s, a German army truck hit him, and left him for dead on the side of the road. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah. The driver of a lumber truck picked him up and took him to the hospital where he remained unconscious for nine hours. Oh, shit. But eventually survived. Obviously, because he became the Pope. We don't have, like, a ghost Pope. Um, and it's... <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> Not this time. <laughs> you never know, honestly. <laughs> And it said that the incident inspired him to switch to a spiritual career path. I'm sure it did. Yeah. <laughs> Get hit by a damn truck. Good for that lumber driver, though. Like, seriously, though. Random guy. Yeah. So, in 1952, the American figure skaters competed in an unprecedented sweep at the World Men's Figure Skating championship in Paris. Um Dick Button Button's a great last name. I love won, it. it's so cute. It is cute. Won his fifth straight world title ahead of US teammates James Grogan and Hayes Allen Jenkins. And wow. 
Then he went on that year to win a gold medal in the 1952 Winter Olympics in Oslo. So he was, like, killing it that year. But fifth fifth championship in a row he won on Olympic Day. And this one's really funny. It took 13 overtime periods for two high school basketball teams, Boone Trail High School and Angier High School. They're both in North Carolina. Took them 13 overtime periods for someone to win. And it is the longest high school basketball game in U.S. history. Wow. 13. Yeah. Holy shit. The two teams played only their five starting players with no substitutes. Like by the 13th overtime? Yeah. Or like for the whole game? For the whole whole game. game. They only, they didn't sub anybody out. What? Yeah. (laughs) And the, the final score was 56 to 54. Shit. Damn. I can't imagine how tired those boys were. My legs would be noodles. (laughs) <laughs> noodles all they're doing is running basketball so Back much running it's it's constant running the only time you don't run is if you're benched or if there's a foul what's yeah. it called yeah you have to shoot the... yeah i almost called it a foul ball i was like that's not right well uh, the foul <laughs> is when you have to throw it in from outside the court right no that's like soccer <laughs> Or if it, like, goes out of bounds. But, like, yeah, if you are fouled, yeah. if you are fouled, you get a chance to, like, shoot, like, from, like, oh, yeah. shoot at from the Oh, yeah, from the line? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it's called. I, I don't know basketball. I don't know. Very well, clearly. 13 overtime innings. Damn. Overtime periods. Can you imagine? We just, this is the um, week after the Super Bowl, guys. So, could you imagine if they had, like, 13 overtime periods in the Super Bowl? I think the crowd would riot before it got to that point. Yeah. I, probably. They definitely get their money's worth. Have you heard how expensive the tickets I don't for even want to think about it, but how much? I think the average price, like the average price was like $9,000 a seat. But someone up as high as like 72 or something like that. Oh my god. Yeah. Wow. This is not a casual Super Bowl. <laughs> no that's that's like four grand more than what i bought my jeep for but i saw uh, a tweet today uh i've been seeing a lot of like people replying to elmo's twitter account oh elmo from sesame street and so elmo tweeted um Elmo doesn't know which side to root for because they're both red, so Elmo will just root for both. And then someone replied, you filthy fucking coward. <laughs> you filthy fu- To Elmo! Who says that to Elmo? <laughs> I cried when I saw that. I was like, why would you call Elmo a filthy fucking coward? I have tears in my eyes now. Oh my god, I'm just imagining Elmo reading that, and then like after a hard-ass day, he's got like a five o'clock shadow, he's like smoking a cigarette, and he's like, yeah, I know I fucking am. 
<laughs> Elmo doesn't know what team to root for. They're both fucking red. <laughs> Life isn't easy, man, okay? <laughs> it ain't easy being red. God. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I also watch a this woman. I, I don't know why this made, you made me think of this, but she reviews those really bad recipes, like on TikTok mm-hmm. and stuff. And every time that there's cheese, she yells, it ain't gonna go down easy if it ain't cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> now every time I see cheese, I'm like, it ain't gonna go down easy. <laughs> it ain't cheesy. cheesy. Okay. So, in 1968, the Beatles' groundbreaking album, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, won a Grammy Award for Album of the Year and the first rock LP to accomplish that feat. Awesome. I love that album. I do, too. I have a picture of the album cover, and it's... I don't think I realized how eclectic... It's very eclectic. For a while, we had a puzzle of this album art hanging up in our kitchen. I love that. Um, it's somewhere in our house. I don't think I got rid of it, but I was just like, it's, I'm tired of it being in our kitchen. That needs to go somewhere else. Yeah, I get that. Marilyn Monroe's back there. I know. I love that. And I think Einstein is. I think I saw him. Yeah. One of those. Anyway. Anyway. You're going to love this, Morgan. Okay. Never even thought that this was like a possibility. So in 1968, the last of the Henriksen siblings were born. In 1960, Heidi Henriksen was born on February 29th. On February 29th, again, on 1964, Olaf Hendrickson was born. And on February 29th of 1968, Leif Martin Hendrickson was born. Three children, and I have a picture of the family. Three children, all born on the same day, all four years apart. Hmm. And how? <laughs> they had a specific day that they liked to fuck. I don't know I how guess. else to get around that. I mean, <laughs> man, mom was like clockwork. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she needs to go to the the National Institute of Weights and Measures. Yeah, <laughs> she, she is precise. <laughs> she thrives on a schedule. <laughs> so they they actually got into the Guinness Book of World Records for most babies born on a on a leap day, like in one family, until 2012, when the Estes family from Utah tied them. Mm. So Xavier Estes was born in 2004, Remington Estes was born in 2008, and Jade Estes was born in 2012. So two families with three kids who were all born... On leap days. I know someone who was born on a leap day. And he's my age, so he's only like eight years old now. (laughs) (laughs) 
So in 1972, Hank Aaron became the highest paid baseball player in the league. He signed a three-year contract with the Atlanta Braves for about $200,000 a year. And in 1972, that was a lot. Yeah. Making him the highest player at that time. Nice. So good for him. In 1976, Richard Petty beat Daryl Waltrip in the Carolina 500, and it was the only Winston Cup ever contested. We talked about that race in our NASCAR episode, so if you want to hear more about that, I'm plugging our own podcast. Go listen to the NASCAR (laughs) episode. And this is the last one, and it's so bittersweet. Okay. In 1980... Buddy Holly's glasses were found 20 years after he died in a plane crash. Oh, my God. So the singer died in a plane crash near Clear Lake, Iowa in 1959. And his glasses were retrieved from the plane crash. I do have a picture because they're very distinctive. Yeah. I know it's a weird thing to, like, talk about, but it is very distinctive. And... The glasses were kind of just buried in the wreckage and the rubble and turned into the county sheriff's office, you know, like a year after the crash. And mm-hmm. in night, 20 years, about 20 years later, on February 29th, the glasses had been just forgotten and uh, county sheriff Jerry Allen just came across them. And returned him, returned the glasses to Holly's wife, to Aww. Buddy Holly's wife. And this is, it's, it's just so sad because I did the math. He was only like 23 when he died. And they have the most incredible love story. They were only married six months before he died. Aww. And apparently he walked into, like, the record store or wherever that he was, um, where she was working. I'm going to read this quote from her. Uh, One day, this guy comes in through the door of Pier Southern Music, where I was working as a receptionist. And I acted very reserved. Can I help you? And he was with the Crickets. I guess that was his band then. And said, oh, we're not in a hurry. And then turned to them, his band members, and said, you know what? I'm going to marry that girl. And then proposed to her five hours after (laughs) they met. And they were married, I mean, just just maybe like a month later. Oh, man. Oh, that's so sad. I know. It was so sad. She said, it was said that. Uh, she was so distraught after he died, she couldn't even attend the funeral. Oh, I can't imagine. They're, yeah. I mean, one, they're young. And, yeah. Like, it's, it was such a whirlwind romance, it sounds like. Yeah. <sighs> and she did, um, she did go on, and um, she had control of his estate because she was his his wife and she went on and married and again and had yeah. kids and stuff like that, but was still very involved. I think, um, 
opened something in his honor. I do have a link to to some other things down in there if you want to look more into it. But it's the sweetest episode, and now I kind of want to do an episode on Buddy Holly. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, why not? He's a very cute guy. Yeah. And if you scroll down one, you'll see them together. Yeah, their wedding picture. So cute. Yeah. So Aww. cute. So uh, that's what I have about leap days and leap years and events that happened. Well, neat. Neat. Uh, I definitely think I, we finally did it, Emily. We finally have an episode where our topics are nothing alike. Oh, it's, <laughs> that's a miracle in itself. <laughs> there is not one similarity between your episode and my episode. I'm going to record oh, man. Uh, later this evening. So <laughs> I should have found more events. Something could have overlapped. No. <laughs> no. This is okay. I'm very excited about next week. Y'all, I don't know what it is yet, but she's been hyping me up so hard. I've been losing my shit. Like, I posted a, a picture on um, our social media today, which you guys would have gotten a few weeks ago. Um, but <laughs> it's the, the meme of Charlie Day from. It's always sunny in Philadelphia with like the conspiracy lines and all the yeah. pictures and he's holding a cigarette and he's like, ah, that was, that's been me for like the past three days covering, like researching this topic. <laughs> I can't wait. So I'm excited for you guys to hear that next week. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let's give them our socials and then let's go, let's go record that and make them wait. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So you can find us at uh, on Facebook, Ill Equipped History Podcast Group and Page, Instagram at Ill Equipped History, TikTok at Ill Equipped History. Check out our TikToks; they're very funny. Gmail, Ill Equipped History at Gmail dot com. Send in your suggestions and or questions. Patreon. Patreon.com slash history where you can access bonus episodes, stickers, and a shout-out. Woo-woo. And also, don't forget, if you have a question, feel free to post your question on our Facebook or email it to us if you have any suggestions or, I don't know, just want to tell us how good we're doing. But also... Yeah. Don't forget to like and share and comment and all those things. It costs nothing but a couple seconds of your time. And it really does help us get out there and find new listeners who like to hear weirdos like us. Yes. And one more time for our new best friends. Go check out the History Things podcast and go Absolutely. listen to their awesome, awesome podcast. Do it. Do it. We're bros now. Yeah. We're totally bros. <laughs> uh, so, you know, don't forget today's leap day. Tomorrow is not September the 14th. I promise. <laughs> it's not. We're, it's we're not. not in that much of a time time skip. Nope. Nope. We're not leaping forward that many days. So uh, have fun on your leap day and... Okay, bye!